Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Tuesday, May 30th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians are on a win streak. First time since the uh, the middle of May uh, that they've won back-to-back games. Uh, the uh, Surprisingly, they, they shut out the high-power Baltimore offense on Monday afternoon. Uh, got a 5-0 win uh, behind 10 strikeouts in seven innings from rookie left-hander Logan Allen. Uh, pretty outstanding performance by Allen. And uh, now we're starting to hear whispers and, and uh, you know, hearing Logan Allen's name mentioned among maybe possibly rookie of the year candidates. Uh, but here's the funny thing. When uh, Tristan McKenzie and Aaron Savali are uh, ready to come back uh, into the rotation, uh, we're not 100% sure that Logan Allen uh, will, will still be on the team later on this year. Uh we can get into all that about the rotation uh, there uh, in, in a few minutes, but but first, just what were your impressions of Logan Allen and, and what he was able to do uh, yesterday against a, a really good Baltimore lineup? Uh, geez, uh, Joe, he looked great. Uh, seven innings, like you said, seven scoreless, two walks, 10 Ks, three hits. Um, he was dominant. He was just, uh, he's not throwing that hard, but, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, Reading the quotes from uh, from the Baltimore locker room, it sounded like they thought, you know, they didn't think he'd be that sneaky fast. That his fastball was that fast. I mean, it was kind of a like a, some late life on it, and um, that he just attacked him. You know, he threw, he was in the strike zone. He he didn't back off, and uh, just uh, you know, just really an impressive performance against, like you said, really a good offensive ball club. I go back to a, an at-bat in the fourth inning uh, against Adam Frazier uh, with two out, and uh, James McCann had just doubled. There were runners on second and third, and uh, Frazier fell behind in the count 0-2, and then he stepped out of the box like a lot of uh, like a lot of hitters do now. They take their time out now when they, they get two strikes on them. And you could tell uh, just from body language, Logan Allen was on the rubber, ready to go. He wanted uh, to throw that next pitch. He was... He knew how he was attacking Frazier, and and he got him to swing and miss, and uh, you know struck him out, ended the inning, uh, ended the threat, and and really uh, not a lot of uh, of other you know opportunities for Baltimore to score against him the rest of the way out. He he just looked like you said dominant, um, and and just his uh, I, I guess his composure and his fearlessness are two things that uh, that really stood out when we talked to Cam Gallagher after the game. Uh, he said, you know, every time he catches them, that's that's the thing that impresses him the most as a as a rookie. Uh, impressing Gallagher is the, the the fearlessness and the composure. 
Yeah, and and the pace, Joe. I mean, he is throwing. He's he's throwing pitches. What with eleven seconds to go on the uh, pitch clock? I mean, he is really. He's locked in. You know, he he really kind of puts the pressure on the hitter. It seems like because you know he's ready to pitch. He's you know he's not. Uh, you know he's not playing the clock and and not you know winding it down to two se- where there's two seconds left. He's he's on the mound. He's he's really you know, kind of prolific with that, with that pace. And I think that sometimes that puts the hitters on their heels. Yeah. We see it so often with so many relievers who come in and try to slow things down with this pitch clock. And, you know, they've, they've got themselves all messed up and up in their head because, you know, they're, they're playing with uh, the timing and all that. Uh, Logan Allen does just doesn't do that. He's, he's like the iron Mike out there. He just gets the ball and he pitches it. It's uh, it's, it's, it's kind of refreshing to watch. Uh, relievers, uh, Angel De Los Santos, uh, Trevor Steffen come in, they finish it off. Steffen puts two guys on, uh, before getting out of the, uh, the jam in the, uh, ninth inning. Uh, but you know, for a, a bullpen that's, that, that got used a lot over the weekend, um, that, that, you know, that was nice for, for Allen to go, uh, seven, uh, innings, a career high for him, you know, through 103 pitches, but to, to be able to hand it off to those two guys, and and you know not have to to use class A give him another day off after a a deep outing on sa- uh, Saturday just uh you know uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of positives a lot of good things came out of that game yesterday uh including uh we saw Stephen Kwan get another uh another couple of hits he had a double a leadoff single in the first inning uh 13 multi-hit games for him on the season uh Kwan now leads the team in total hits 54 Total runs, 31. He's tied for the team lead with Josh Bell with 29 walks. And uh, he scored a run in four straight games. So Stephen Kwan, uh, despite all the struggles that the offense is having, Stephen Kwan's still having a Stephen Kwan uh, season. Yeah, Joe, he's given, uh, you know, he, he sets the tone, you know, even though most of the, sometimes the, the hitters behind him are tone deaf, but he sets the tone for, you know, every time he comes to the plate, he's, he's trying to get something started. Uh, I really like him, uh, Joe. He's hitting lefties and righties, but he's especially effective against lefties. I mean, he leads the team with, with hits against left handers. I think he's hitting around 290, 300 against lefties. You know, that says so much for for a leadoff hitter, I think. You can't pigeonhole him, you know. You can't, you you know, he's he's not he's he's going to be a straight up, you know, uh everyday player. He's not he's not going to be open to the platoon and uh, he's just, you know, he, and when he gets on base, you know, he's a threat to steal. Uh he's just, you know, the batting average isn't where it was last year, but uh I think he's still having really a good solid year, don't you? Yeah, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been nice to see. And, you know, it gives you a lot of hope that, you know, this is uh, something that he can sort of maintain early in his career. Maybe maybe he works his way into, you know, some sort of contract extension or offer. They lock him up and and he's your your leadoff hitter and an outfielder for you for for, uh, you know, several years to come. Uh, Will Brennan had his first career three hit game uh, after, uh, you know, sort of failing to come through. In a clutch situation on Sunday, uh, he got another chance to get out there and start a, a game, and uh, he doubled and, and scored the the Guardians' first run on a sack fly by Cam Gallagher. Uh, just a, a nice game for for Brendan to be able to bounce back after uh, you know not coming through when they needed him uh, on Sunday. Yeah, in that eighth inning on Sunday, 
you know, they, uh, St. Louis made a couple of pitching changes or, you know, they had a couple of mound visits. Then, uh, you know, Brennan is in there as a pinch hitter. He gets a pitch clock violation on him. You know, for the first, you know, for, so it's 1-0. Then he, t- you, with the bases loaded, he taps back to the pitcher and starts a 1-2-3 double play. And he, after the game, I tried to talk to him and I asked him some crazy question about the attendance, but you could see his, uh, his mind was elsewhere. He was, I think there was smoke coming out of his ears. So it was good to see him come back and, and have a game like he did, uh, uh, Monday. He was driving the ball. He was running the bases. You know, he scored some runs. Uh, you know, that was good to see. I mean, that's, you know, that you can tell a lot about a player, you know, the way, uh, they bounce back after, you know, which after a bad performance or a bad at bat. Yeah. Uh, and, and we also saw Jose Ramirez. Uh, after his uh, his dramatic walk off on on Sunday, uh, he comes up and and he hit a, a double in the second inning to to pass Nap Lajeway, uh for in, and move into sixth place all time on the uh, the club's all time extra base hits list. So uh, you know we've we've just been watching Jose Ramirez come through again and again, and this is just another example uh, of that. Uh, but really, uh, the the guy that had the the biggest breakout, I guess, on on uh, Monday was was Cam Gallagher. Uh, he threw out Cedric Mullins trying to steal after uh, Logan Allen walked him to lead off the the first inning, uh, and that really sort of set the tone for the game uh, for for Allen. It let him settle in and not have to pitch out of the stretch, and you know it was a it was a big deal for uh, for that to happen because because Guardians catchers just haven't been good at throwing guys out this year. Yeah, that was a big play. You know, uh, Mullins is, a, you know, really a, an excellent base stealer. Uh, he's fast. We've seen him drive Cleveland crazy. If he's not stealing bases, you know, the one series in 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 uh, Baltimore, I remember, I think he went nine for nine, some crazy. And, in, in, you know, in a, I don't know if it was a doubleheader or a couple games, but he had a great series. You know, so that's a dangerous guy. And, and retire him right away like that. Like you said, Joe, that was that was a good way to start that game. Yeah, and then Cam Gallagher gets up there. He has two hits. He he has a RBI and a sacrifice fly, um, and then he gets on base. And with uh, Ahmed Rosario at the plate and one out uh, in in that uh, um, four run seventh inning, he uh, he scores on a ground ball to second base. Uh, Adam Frazier's throw was a little bit off target, and all of a sudden. Uh, Cam Gallagher's trucking it down the line, sliding into the plate, and and the ball gets loose, and and Stephen Kwan is able to score from second. Yeah, that that was a big play. Uh, just uh, you know, kind of a <laughs> bad throw, and you know we've seen that happen to uh, the Guardians a lot this season. It seems like a lot, and it was nice to see uh, uh, Cleveland take advantage of another team's uh, mistake right there. Yeah, uh, Will Brennan was asked about uh, Cam Gallagher running the bases there after the game. He said, you know, Big Hoss has to unhitch the trailer. It looked like he was pulling a pulling a trailer behind him uh, as he was coming down the line. But Gallagher had about 25 family members in the stands, and they were right next to the press box uh, in, in the seats. As, as uh, Every time he got up and did something good in that game, he had a whole section full of, uh, uh, you know, family wearing Gallagher jerseys and, uh, I was able to get a couple of videos of them celebrating his uh, his uh, heroics throughout the game. So uh, it was just really good to to see uh, Cam, who uh, Tito said, you know, this guy comes in and he catches and, you know, he, he he worries about defense and getting the pitcher through the game first. 
but it's always nice to see people come through uh, at, at the plate when uh, when their their numbers call. Yeah, definitely, Joe. And maybe these catchers are turning it around because Zanino had a couple hits uh, on uh, on Sunday and that in that big win over the Cardinals on Sunday, and uh, Gallagher comes back with two hits uh, I, on uh, Monday. So hopefully uh, this is a step in the right direction for the for the Cleveland catchers because they certainly could use it. Well, of course, they're starting to turn it around and starting to light it up now because we're getting closer to whatever that mystery date is for uh, Bill Naylor's <laughs> uh, call up. And as soon as that date hits, you know where he's going to be. Of course, they're going to make the decision harder. It's, it's it's only natural that they, they start hitting right now. And it's like, uh, uh, sure, now we have to make the decision to, you know, send at least one of them out. Uh yeah, that that's that's all very uh, well and good that the uh, the catchers are are hitting now and you know maybe Cleveland's offense will take the cues from that. Uh, we talked about the uh, the walk off win on Sunday, just uh, as as big as they come in terms of uh, a team needing a victory, a team needing something in a spot, and having the right man at the plate at the time to do it. Yeah, Joe, that was that was such a cool at bat. You know, they've got St. Louis has Ryan Helsley, Helsley on the mound. The guy is thrown. This this guy feel like throws a hundred miles an hour on his warm up pitches, Joe. I mean, he's right. like his first pitch. His first pitch to to Ramirez was a hundred and two miles an hour, I think, and and and. And Ramirez took it for a ball. The next one was 100 miles an hour, and he, like, just blasted it into the gap in, in right center field. And you just knew as soon as that ball left the bat, the game was over because, mm-hmm. you know, it got into the alley. It rolled to the fence, it, and it was like, you know, it was and it, it was great to see the videos, you know, of, of Jose running down first base because it looked like the fans were doing the wave. As he passed mm-hmm. each section of, of fans, the fans jumped up. You know, it was it was cool. And uh, but it was uh, just a, a big, big hit. They needed it. And hopefully this gets him going in the right direction. But that was I mean. I, you can't throw it fast enough to get it or hard enough to get it past uh, Ramirez. And he proved that, uh, you know, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was big that, you know, he took the first one, got his got his bearings. And then all of a sudden, you know, the ball's in the gap and you're not even not even questioning it. Uh, big hit, a big hit, big at bat for Ramirez, too, because uh, we find out afterwards that uh, that Sunday was Mother's Day in the Dominican Republic. And of course, Ramirez uh, just lost his his grandmother, who, who pretty much played a, a huge part in raising him. So, you know, afterwards uh, and, and talked to him in the locker room on uh, on Monday. And, and he said, you know, this is it, it, in Mother's Day in the Dominican is a, a big like celebration. They do like festivals and stuff. And it's not like, you know, Mother's Day here where you just sort of you go see mom and you give her a card or something like that. Uh, it's a uh, it's a big celebration in, in the Dominican. And, uh, you know, he wanted to he wore a, a pink arm sleeve and pink cleats and. You know, he wanted to make sure that uh, that hit was for all Dominican mothers, he said. So uh, it, that was uh, you could tell that there's a, a special significance to that uh, that at bat for uh, Jose Ramirez. Yeah, that was really cool. And, uh, you know, I remember, uh, um, you know, uh, <laughs> Carlos Santana, you know, would he always tried to hit a home run on Mother's Day, too. So that was that was a big hit. I'm sure, he, you know, uh, um you know, Jose was really happy and, you know, his with his grandmother just passing away and him being away for the team for what a weekend, you know, that had to have a special significance to him. 
Uh, also, uh, in that walk-off celebration, we maybe we've been we've been sort of searching for it and uh, you know figuring well. We know that the Guardians don't hit a lot of home runs. They hit the fewest home runs in Major League Baseball. But, uh, you know, every team in baseball seems to have their home run celebration helmet or gear or jacket or trident or something uh, that they, they give a guy into the dugout when he, he hits a home run. Uh, well, maybe the uh, the Guardians thing is the uh, the walk-off uh, bubblegum bucket crown uh, <laughs> that they that they put on Jose's head uh, as he, as he uh, sort of uh, partook in the celebration. And then Josh Naylor takes it and throws it at him and hits him in the head with it. I, I didn't get that. Well, we'll have to ask uh, ask Josh about that uh, when we see him this evening, just because, you know, you, you don't necessarily want to, you know, give a concussion to the guy who just hit your walk-off home run. But, you got your best player. <laughs> but I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, if this, uh, this, double bubble uh bucket crown is it could become a thing uh you can only do it really at uh at home games uh home game walk-offs so uh maybe we'll see uh if, if that becomes a thing uh, the next time they they walk a guy off if that guy winds up uh you know wearing the crown it'll it'll be interesting i think uh jeremy fedor from the uh the club uh found the the, the bucket that they had and i think it's going into the the team archives so uh another again uh just a cool moment and and nice to be able to um you know uh sort of remember that and, and memorialize that uh for you know when we look back on moments from the season that was certainly one of them yeah joe i don't know i like i, I it doesn't i i like it i like the idea but it doesn't rival the angels i like the angels the samurai uh war helmet or whatever that is that they put that they wear uh in uh, in their dugout after a home run i, I love that one but you know yeah, like you don't like the royals they have the the gladiator mask from yeah. uh, russell crowe's yeah. gladiator that's oh, yeah i'd like yeah that's a good one too definitely definitely are you not entertained? There you go. It's one of Hoinsey's favorite lines. Are you not entertained? Uh, well, okay. Who's going to be doing the entertaining tonight? Cal Quantrill on the mound for the Guardians uh, as they look to make it, uh, dare we say, three in a row uh, with uh, another game here in Baltimore. Yeah, a big start for Quantrill. Uh, you know, I, Joe, I still don't know how they're going to work this uh, rotation out when uh, McKenzie and and, uh, uh, and Savali come back comes back, but I guess it would be to everyone's benefit, each starter's benefit, to pitch as well as they can be before a decision is made. Yeah, that's sort of uh, you know, could this be Cal Quantrill's last appearance in the rotation for a while? Um, it's a, it's a possibility, I guess. Uh, certainly, Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen have pitched well enough to to sort of reserve their spots or claim their spots in that rotation. Uh, you don't know what you're going to get out of McKenzie and Savali, uh, at least for their first couple of starts. Uh, and and who knows, uh, you know, McKen- uh, Savali has to prove that he's able to stay healthy and be healthy and and stay in the rotation in the first place. Uh, so I wouldn't go making any drastic moves based on, you know, his health. He's 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 not exactly uh, shown that over the last couple of years. So uh, there, there's a lot of things. If you're if you're Chris Antonetti and you're Mike Chernoff, uh, it, it's not like the decisions have made themselves apparent. You, you sort of you, you've got to make a tough decision now. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, sometimes everybody kind of waits until the last minute to make a tough decision because you don't know if somebody might get hurt. You might have to, uh, you know, put somebody on on the IL, you know, and it kind of relieves the pressure for, you know, a week or so. You don't have to rush into a decision. But you're right, Joe, that nothing like that has happened. And, uh, you know, the, the clock is ticking right now. Like Savali threw 88 pitches his last time out Sunday at Columbus. He, he's ready to go. Uh, Tristan is going tonight. You know, he'll be up to, you know, if everything goes all right, 80, 88 to 90 pitches, I would assume. So, you know, they're, they're right at the uh, limit now. They're, they're ready. To, you know, after this, these starts, they should be ready to uh, join the rotation. But, you know, who goes and who stays? That's the question. Yeah, I, I believe Tristan's pitching in Iowa against the Iowa Cubs. Do they have a Wi-Fi out there in Iowa? Are we going to be able to get a score? I, I don't know. <laughs> Cornfield, Cornfield's equipped with Wi-Fi, I guess. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get an update there. Uh, but, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing how Tristan gets through it. Don't look at the box score and think, oh, he gave up four runs or, oh, he, he walked, uh, you know, two or three guys. Was he was he healthy? Did he throw, uh, you know, 85 pitches? And, and how did he feel coming out of it? Don't uh, – don't read too much into what uh, the, a AAA box score says, unless he strikes out eight guys, and then you know, then you know he's ready. We'll be back with another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast again tomorrow, uh, before the series finale against the uh, Orioles here in Baltimore. Uh, Hoynes, we'll talk to you then. Good deal, Joe. 